that beautiful, beautiful noise. What's going on, guys? Plan C podcast here coming at you on a Friday afternoon. It is 12.30 exactly. Today, we are going to talk about guilty pleasures, what ours are, what they could mean, and maybe if they affect us more than we think. We're also going to be talking about technology and how that might actually like affect the world in the future. You know, just some fun stuff. You feel me? Some good Friday energy. Also, real quick, I want to plug uh, our lovely sound producer, James. Nonilla on Instagram. N-O-N-E-I-L-L-A. He made this beat. It is his own. This is not a stock beat. It is fantastic. The moment I heard it, I said, James, we're going to need that one. Give him a follow. Check his music out on SoundCloud. Please, please, please. We are now on YouTube. This has been a long ass intro, but let's get into the business, bro. Let's get it. What's up, guys? It is today, Friday, and we are actually a little bit under the weather, but we're doing fine. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's that sick weather, bro. <sighs> but the thing is, I'm not even that congested anymore. It's just all the leftover. Yeah, I feel you. It's that feeling in your chest. And I'm just, like, hacking. Yeah. It's, it's nasty. It's not fun. But, yeah, I mean, we've done some pretty heavy topics the past few weeks, so we kind of wanted to for ease sure. the vibes, you know, a bit. You know, guilty pleasures. Yeah, man. So, we all got them. We all got them. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, if you guys have any, please send them to us. If they're funny, we'll definitely talk about them. And, um, yeah. So, so, I actually looked up the definition of, um, of guilty pleasures. And from Oxford, uh, it's a noun. Something such as a movie, television program, or piece of music that one enjoys despite feeling that it is not generally held in high regard. So I think it, a guilty pleasure is more so something that you personally feel is like, ooh, this is, this is my little thing. Nobody's going to know about it, but I really love doing it. Yeah, it's that. Yeah, I feel yeah. you. So what, what are... What are some of your guilty pleasures, Cameron? We're doing me first. I mean, I, sure. Yeah, I man. mean, yeah. I mean, I think my biggest guilty pleasure mm-hmm. would probably be K dramas, for sure. You are you are you you don't think K dramas are held in high regard? Oh, definitely not. Mm. Not even by Koreans. Mm. <laughs> what What about it? What about it makes it? not held in high regard like is it bad acting is it is it just shitty writing well i mean there it's like it's like normal tv so they're you're obviously they're gonna they're gonna be the good k dramas which are because it's just dramas like just, yeah it's not like it's gonna be anything extreme but there's also like the normal rom-com dramas that people usually attribute it with mm-hmm. which are just like like you know time sinks yeah i got you uh, yeah um I think that it's interesting that, you know, you kind of start off with something that maybe people don't really know about. And I think that ignorance definitely feeds into, like, the, oh, you know, what is this? Oh, yeah, for thing. sure. I, um, I definitely think, like, especially since I, I watch a lot of, like, foreign stuff, like, I, like I've 
raised on anime, basically. Ooh. You feel Ooh. me? Ooh, he's he is he fancy is boy. he is fancy. Yeah, but see, see that reaction? That's the shit, right? Because That's everyone's like, oh, for. you you listen to something from a different country, like. Yeah, no shit. Like, you know, we're in America. This is like an international <laughs> According tie. to my Spotify 2019 rap, wrapped, I listened to artists from 31 different countries. That's pretty dope. I know, right? Respect on that. Uh, another one of, well, not another, but a guilty pleasure of mine is I like to listen to Hamilton. And Hamilton is fucking awesome. It was great live. I cried in the theater. Fantastic story. But since it's Broadway, people are like, huh, it's Broadway. But then you have the other side of it where because it's rapping, Broadway, like, I, um, old heads, Broadway boomers. I like that term. <laughs> Broadway boomers. boomers um, Copyright that shit. They're like, it's rap. It's not theater. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're definitely getting it from both sides on that one. No, it's true. And, and I, then you have the hip-hop heads who are saying, yeah. yo, that ain't hip-hop, which they got a point. That's theater tunes. Yeah. And in my opinion, it's both. And, uh, you know, I think that people, you know, because it's, it's Broadway, people then view it with different lenses. Oh, for sure. And because, you know, it, it's not 50 Cent, it's not ludicrous, it's like Lin-Manuel Miranda, who wrote uh, In, the In the Heights. Thank you. I, it, was, it was on the tip of my tongue, I promise you. <laughs> uh, and, and I think that just kind of warps people's perception. Oh, for sure. I think it's like, um, it definitely is about like the expectations mm. that people have of mm. the stuff. And the thing is, it's usually expectations that are unfounded mm -hmm. so there's no actual evidence to them existing yeah but they're just like oh like this should be like this and they kind of project that shit i got you may i i'll go to this mic so producer james to, is making a point i have to as the hip, resident hip-hop head and here i'm gonna turn the mic this way as the resident hip-hop head and i'm um, a uh, Avid uh, rap listener and also, um, uh, what's the word, um, dick. Um, uh, I All right, Richard. <laughs> thank you. Uh, I, when I first heard about Hamilton, I was like, this, no way, I'm not going to like this. this oh, me too. Boo, me too. Boo, boo. I heard it. I, there's a, that song where he's like doing about his wife. Uh, I don't remember what it's called. You might, the one about Alexander Hamilton's rapping to his wife, and it's like very heartfelt and... Is it? It's one of the beginning songs. It's in the middle. Well, um, there, there's there's a lot of them where he's rapping to his wife. But it's ah, whatever. There's yeah, the, there's, there's one in one of them in there, and I remember the first time I heard it, I was like, "You don't have to." No, cry, that man. joint. Like you're cool, man. That, that or when he dies. Spoiler alert. Oh wow. Wow. No one read a history textbook. Okay. Bro, it's oh, Aaron. Right. He got right. shot. Right. Like it's it's bro. Right. It's, it's like the second or third thing you read on his Wikipedia page. It is. It is a meme at this point. It is yeah. kind of like the point of the. That was a fire last yeah. song though. It yes, it was. was. But also that I, is I also my guilty pleasure. This. For sure. I second that. Yeah. Yeah, and it's also my guilty pleasure because I don't like telling it to people because most Hamilton fans are whack. Sorry. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. Most people. Mm. You know, I think that's like a that might be like a theater type thing. Like sometimes when I'm mm. in the theater, like I see some people that I'm like, 
oh, like, you would definitely cross the street if you saw me. Like, after oh, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, your bow tie is a little too tight, bro. Yeah. Tone it down. F- fucking, like, Fland- Flanders came down from the Upper West Side. Don't try to make a rap musical, even though I know you got a tweet that says, all little Wayne just talks about is money, bitches, and bling, bling. I know you got that tweet, Trevor. Don't make a, <laughs> do not make a hip-hop musical, all right? Yeah, actually, I, I saw the, um, the musical about the Temptations. About, mm. How was it? It was, first of all, it was amazing. Like, if you, if you have a chance to see it, definitely go see it. But right behind me, there was this, um, well, and first of all, in front of me, there was this, like, young couple, and, like, the dude was, like, clearly just, like, balling out money. He nice. has this girlfriend that's not paying attention to him but is, like, very attractive, and they're, like, kind of not paying attention to this stuff, and I'm just like, okay, maybe, so. Was she maybe an escort? Oh, I don't think so. He wasn't that, he wasn't, like, that unattractive. He was, like, young-ish. What? I mean. No, no, I would say, I would say, from my, from my, um. What, what, what From watching, we... they look like they were a couple. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But, like, they look like they were there for the, um, for the, um, you know, just for the, the posh aspect. Mm. But there was this white lady behind me who was wiling out the entire fucking play until people had to say some shit. Like, they, no, I'm serious. It was really weird. I've oh. never seen this before. Can you give us an example of what oh. she was doing? Yes, I can. Like, they're, they'd be, like, singing a song, and then I just hear this white lady, Sing it! Sing it! Like, yo, like, what are you doing? Oh. Like, you know, like... Like, like she a, was acting like it was a concert? Like a fucking concert. Oh, And I'm no, like... You, you she, can... You can do that for Rock of Ages. You can't do that for The Temptations. And she's, like, clearly, like, between oh. 40 and, like, 60. So you've oh, had time no. to learn. No, Karen. Like, really? And she's just, yes! Yes! Like, what? That's <laughs> like, tough. Like, like, I don't know if she went to a black church before this and decided to bring that energy in there. But I was just turning around looking at her like, oh, no. Like, I, first of all, me, one of the only black people in sight. Really? Yeah. That's just Broadway shit. That's Broadway. I would have been sure though that there was a bunch of like that's just Broadway shit. No, I walked in the door and it was a blizzard, bro, for sure. And like, I would definitely say that that is also a thing that kind of keeps people from theater because they're like non-diversity, even when the thing is like about black people. Yeah. It kind of gave me that auction vibe, you know, like. (laughs) But you know, like when you're seeing it and you're just like all these like, yeah, they got the monocle and the shit, like. Wow, you saw a monocle? No. But oh, okay. Just a, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, that's crazy. Yeah, also just some Belvedere shit. Oh, yeah, price oh, point? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Broadway's expensive. I didn't pay for those tickets. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if I've ever paid for a Broadway ticket myself. Segway, kind of. Music, hip-hop. Yeah. Would you say for you that Kanye West is a guilty pleasure? Oh, that's a good question. Because of new Kanye? Um... Honestly, no, because he's such an icon that it doesn't really matter. Mm. I think it's kind of like, I, I, I'll do you one better. What about Drake? I would say I would say Drake is a better example because I think more people dislike Drake than people dislike Kanye. Because Kanye is just like, if if I don't know about that, yeah. Him, like, no, I know, but people people look at Kanye like a god. Like they they do. I they think, do. I, but I think the difference is that like Kanye came because people look at him like a god. The hate for Kanye also is like the hate for the fans. Almost. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. While Drake feels like 
people hate him because he's successful, to be honest. Yeah, I, I don't think that's that's really a guilty pleasure. I think listening to somebody like Little Pump or Lil Pump, sorry. Mm. I think people who like are aware of what good music is and they listen to Lil Pump, like I, I, I think they're, you know. I'm just saying it's like a perception thing. Like if you were like if you thought like, oh, like because you don't like new Kanye or whatever, that listening to old Kanye, you're kinda like supporting the brand, so you can't really say like, Oh, I'm a Kanye fan because you're you're not a current you. Kanye fan, so you know, could be. Yeah. Um, another guilty pleasure of yours, Cameron. What do we have? Oh, I. You know what? I actually, I'm actually gonna expose him here. Yeah. So, in my lifetime, beside there, there, Cameron can consume the second most ice cream out of anyone I know, <laughs> and and we know who's number one. We know who number one is. Who's number one? Who's number one? You're going to bleep the name, but Eli. Oh, why do you, you got to bleep that? the name? That's nah, I don't know. I don't want to expose him like that. Nah, oh. ice cream eater. Yo. Ice cream eater? Ice cream eater. Like, and, but the thing no. is, but no, but it's cool because he's pro-black because he only eats chocolate ice cream. So it's cool. Shout him out. Go. That's pro-black. See? Yeah. There you go. Stand with our woke king. On, no, I'm My serious. On, <laughs> on, on prom night, uh, we were like, it was it was late and we were we were wandering around like Times Square or something. We walked into a deli and we got some ice cream and I and it was his birthday, so I bought him two pints of Ben and Jerry's. He finished his two pints in like five minutes, I shit you not. That's pretty nice. Unbelievable. No brain freeze. Who knows? Um, so you devouring ice cream at a potentially unhealthy rate at times. Excuse me. Why is that a guilty pleasure for you? Um, you know, until you like brought it up, I didn't really even kind of thought of it as a guilty pleasure mm -hmm. because like, I'm not overweight or anything like that. So, and, like, and mind you, I'm not saying you eating ice cream is a guilty pleasure. Your rate of consumption is your guilty pleasure. Oh yeah. I can see that. It's like, it's like a time <laughs> where you're like, excuse me, America. You really have that moment where you're like, maybe I shouldn't, but fuck it. Oh you know? I, Yeah. So I'm like, I don't really feel too bad, but it's just a moment of like, it's like, okay, I'm going to have a lapse in judgment and I, I will accept I, it. I feel that way about like masturbating sometimes. Lol. I, I shouldn't, but you know, fuck it. <laughs> it's like, Literally. it's, it's, it's too late, but like, I can, I can, I can, I can lose another 25 minutes. <laughs> No, I feel you. Sometimes that Uber is only is gonna come in five minutes. You know, you gotta you know clear the chamber. That might be a you thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you have any more Whoa. guilty pleasures? Uh, yeah, we. Sorry, we just uh, definitely uh, flew off track there. Uh, off the handle. Yeah. Or on the handle. So I don't know if this is a guilty pleasure. Um, I just know that some people find it obnoxious, but I'm definitely a big sports head. I'm a big sports head, and I love soccer, football, baseball, basketball. doesn't matter. Plug that shit into my system. Like, I'm ready to go. Inject that into my bones. Yeah, but I feel like you own that shit. Like I oh, he owns it. Yeah, he owns that shit hard, you know? Like, I think the difference, like, like a real guilty pleasure is something that you subconsciously think that you're like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Like, for, for me, like, anime... I have a would guilty be my pleasure. example of your sports where I'm like, yeah, fair yeah. enough, fair enough. Go ahead, go ahead. Um, all right, 
I fucking love Lil Nas X. That man can do no wrong in my eyes. We we know. No, no, I know, I know, and know. and other people are aware of of my of my like for him. The producer seconds that he is. I I don't know, man. It, you know, I know he oh, Old Town Road. He makes like a oh, little kid music. That shit sounds good to me. Like Panini, the remix with the baby. That sounded awesome. And most people, you know, because. He's making songs about horses, or he's making a song called Pini. It's just dumb shit like that. They they definitely undervalue him, even though he made like forty million this year. Point one. Paniti's actually got a deeper meaning because it's based off of the character from I forget what Cartoon Chowder. Network. Yeah, and it's like yeah. based and like anyway. Also, have you been on his um, uh, Twitter page? I follow his Twitter. He's hilarious. No, he's 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 great. He's amazing. Yeah, he is amazing. Little I think Nas X, what's up? Little Nas X for the people, bro. Little Nas X for the people. Yeah, I mean, I, I think swear. he's just like he's a cool icon to have. Like yeah. I, of like the celebrities and icons that we have today, Little Nas X in terms of just personality and overall image and just he's, he's dope. You know? Yeah, you got to put respect on it. Absolutely. I th- no, what's up? Also, one of the only artists to like. I- Picking that up? I think so. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll do this. I'll do this. Also, one of the only artists in recent memory who had a one, who was like a one-hit wonder, and then dro- and then like actually had a bit of a run yeah, he after his, that. He dropped his EP, and his EP is probably going to stick around. Oh yeah. Because people are actually like, oh, he's talented. He's actually talented. But also, to be fair, like industry secret, he already had backing before that. He had like the same lawyer. Like he had like a big. Um, a music industry lawyer, which is probably also why he's gonna do good. But he's the only one who successfully unpigeonholed himself mm. in recent memory. So, little Nasek squad. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that if you are ashamed of your guilty pleasure, that when you do it, it's kind of then a kind of double edged sword there, mm. because it's like, man, like I'm really ashamed of this action, but. Wow, does it feel great. It's also, yeah, it's a release almost. And then post-action, you're just ruminating with your thoughts, you know? Yeah. I've actually learned that I don't really have too many guilty pleasures in terms of the way I see them. Mm -hmm. Because, like, I just, like, I realize, like, fuck what people think. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I don't don't give a shit. No, I honestly, like, same thing for me a little bit. Um, but there are definitely some things that I wouldn't share about my life with some people just in terms of my likes. Well, I don't, I don't know. Uh, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not Stay telling, alive. I'm not, I'm not telling bar patrons that I'm like, yo, I was on the way to work today. I was bumping Panini, Da Baby remix. You listen to that today? Like, you know, I don't no, know. No, I feel, I used to feel the same way about K-Dramas. When people like, people be like, oh, you know, Cameron actually watches K-Dramas. I'd be like, yeah. But like, now I'm like, you, you feel me? But yeah, like, I got you. But now someone's like, yeah, you, you watch K-Dramas. I was like, yeah, f- uh, fuck with that shit. Yeah. You no, you, you like what you like. You like what you like. Yeah. My response has always been like, um, yeah, let's, let's put it around. This is getting, this act, this bike is getting its money worth. I just wanted to add on to what you're saying is like, I don't have any guilty pleasures. Like now that I'm really thinking about it. Yes, you do. I have pleasures that I feel guilty doing after. There you go. That's different, though. Like, I never, but I don't, like, take, like, <laughs> I don't feel like, oh, you know. But, but be is doing that this. a guilty pleasure, then? That's your I don't, I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think so, because, like, also, what my guilty pleasures are dependent on how hard they go. 
Like with drinking, it's no. like if I but, stay but drinking, out. Drinking isn't a guilty pleasure because everybody fucking drinks. Yeah, everybody drinks. Not everyone drinks. I I I drink. You know what I mean? Like mm. that's like something I really enjoy doing, but it's only I, it's only a guilty pleasure when it goes like bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And if, to keep it on the lighter side, like at any of the shows I watch, like I like I really like the show Blue Buds. Like the show about like the cop family, the Irish cop family. I don't even know what that is. It's it's on CBS. It's super like old white guy. It but it's like it's, Jimmy, you got to come home. I, I love it. Like I, I I just I I love that show. It's really fun to watch. And like Lucifer also oh, when Lucifer, Lucifer is fire. Lucifer Hold is up. fire, right? It's fucking fire. Yes. Hold up. Don't even get me in my Lucifer yes. bag, my nigga. Oh yes. no. That show is lit. Like Oh, I got you on that one. Yeah, I'm like, I, like when I'm talking to people, I'm like, yo, you check out Lucifer. Only girls usually know what it means. But, <laughs> but, but I'm like, that shit hits. And they're like, yes, it does. Yes, it does. I don't feel bad about that shit. That shit is funny. That shit is also deep as fuck. Deep as fuck. The character development in that yes. show is fucking wild. What, what l- the devil develops? Yeah. Yeah. You, you, he, like, yeah. He a lot. Back his it's like, it's, Yo, it's, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. Sorry, sorry, don't spoil sorry. it. You gotta, you're gonna have to beep that out. Yeah, you're gonna have to beep that out. <laughs> this is a no spoiler session. If you haven't seen Lucifer, go watch it. That shit was just spoiled for me. Well, nah. Eh, well, you don't know the you don't know the context behind it. You don't know the context. Are you really gonna watch Lucifer? Yeah, I gotta watch Euphoria first. You got a lot. You gotta watch a lot of shit. I did watch The Mandalorian last night after y'all left. I'm not gonna lie, it was a good episode. Not a great episode. Good episode. Last guilty pleasure for me yeah. would be some video games. I've realized I kind of find his guilty pleasures. Mm-hmm. And it's not because I see video games as a guilty pleasure because it's just a hobby for me. Oh, yeah. And honestly, if I'm like, if I'm playing with people and I'm busting ass, that shit is cathartic. But like dunking, certain... Dunking on other people oh, while not dunk, seeing Smash their faces. Bros, yeah. For anyone that wants a hand in Smash Bros, any day... Come to Studio 66. Come to Studio, run that shit. Yeah. If you're not a tournament player, I will destroy you. Yeah. And that that's a threat, <laughs> but certain games I might destroy you. That's also possible. <laughs> certain games where I'm like, I know their time sinks, mm-hmm. like League of Legends, mm-hmm. which also is not healthy because the people that some people that play League that are game just is toxic, toxic as shit. That could be that's a guilty pleasure League. Yeah, League is definitely yeah. a guilty pleasure. Like yeah. games like that where I know first of all that I might get hella mad. Oh, I, yeah. I, don't. I might not enjoy myself. It might, it's a 45-minute time sink at least because if I lose, I'm definitely going to play another game. So maybe an hour and a half. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. I might get called the N-word between two and five times. <laughs> and hard, have, hard R or regular? Oh, hard R. Oh, goddamn. And I have to hold that, does that shit. Actually sh- does sh- shit actually happen like that? Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. And you're just like, and you're just like, I'm black and type, and they're just like, fuck you, and you're like, okay. Oh. They, we, there are some abrasive people. I mean, I knew someone that got perma banned for being toxic. I'll Yikes. say that. Is but that, we should we should just call that, you know, when somebody breaks up with someone, perma banned for being toxic. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> perma banned for being toxic for sure. Yeah. Snaps out for that. But yeah, that is um, definitely my. Guilty pleasure. All right. So do you think that people having guilty pleasures can maybe negatively affect them? I would 
definitely say yes. Okay. I would I would say it because it kind of can affect your self-image. Mm. You know, if you're kind of thinking that what you're doing you shouldn't be doing it. It's mm. kind of like um like church girls in like the like middle America who have never talked about sex and they're just like, "Ooh, I got this magazine." You know, it's like but like that actually will affect them later in life about how they view sex and stuff like that. Like totally. would, would be like a perfect example. That, that's their first introduction. Exactly. Yeah. But also that could be things that you that, that's you internalize. A guilty pleasure. You internalize your guilty pleasures. Yeah. But also I think it can be self-perpetuating mm. because of the release you get when you watch the guilty pleasure can definitely be kind of addicting. That that nice catharsis. Yeah. Just that feeling you get like because the more that you stop yourself from doing something, mm-hmm. the more when you do it, you'll feel like that release. Yeah. And that's just with stuff in general. Yeah. No. So what do you think about it? So I think that if it's something that somebody can kind of cope with the idea of it, I think that that's a lot better for somebody's psyche than if it's something where it's like, oh man, like if, if it's, if it's something that, is literally not healthy Mm. for whether it's physically, mentally, whatever, you know, I think that people can sometimes get into some habits or things that, you know, start as guilty pleasures, but then turn into something else. And I think at that level, it's, you know, it's a bad thing. Yeah. I would for sure also say one thing that I've also been realizing about this conversation is that a lot of guilty pleasures are guilty pleasures because people are fucking assholes. Oh. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's because I mean, of it's other society. People. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, just like in terms of if Societal there's a time norms, baby. when you're going to judge someone based off something they like, mm-hmm. don't fucking do it. Yeah. Or you're going to make like, <clears throat> even if you're going to make a joke at someone's expense about something they like, like, okay, it's funny, but you could also just not. You know, you could just not, you yeah. know, like, oh, you like this? Ho, ho, ho. Like, if you're like, fuck yeah, you, yeah, be creative with your joke. You'd probably like masturbate weirdly. Yeah. Like, like everyone has something. So, <laughs> so, so why do it? <laughs> something like that. I don't know. You know, like sometimes I'm just thinking, like, I hear a joke like that. I'm like, first of all, like, you know, the long-term effects it could have on somebody mm-hmm. and you know that it's really just for that moment of like gaining social cachet in your situation where you're like, Oh, I'm gonna make a joke in front of people is yeah. But like, you know, I don't, I I think our judgment, uh, podcast is definitely going to have to be on the docket to be honest. Docket. Yeah. You know, on deck. Oh, in the chamber. Oh, for sure. In the mag. Yeah. You know, moment, but like, um, message for this, for this segment, don't fucking judge people. And if you like something like it, own it, own that shit. Yeah. Why not? So my I, my question for you... By the way, this is hilarious. I know, it's great. I, ca- I cannot take you seriously, but... Continue. Well, you should take me seriously, motherfucker. You got you a knife? Uh, look on the yeah, I'm wearing yeah, a black yeah. ski mask. It's, um, it's, uh, it's honestly hilarious. He looks like he belongs in The Incredibles. <laughs> uh, so my question would be, uh, if a guilty pleasure is hurting someone... Is it just a bad habit? I mean, ex- besides from like when a guilty pleasure is hurting someone because people are calling them weird and they're isolating, blah, blah, blah. But like a guilty pleasure, like someone going home and like 
like being normal all day and drinking half a bottle, like not even half a bottle, like a bottle and a half of like oh Pinot Grigio God. by themselves. Is that a guilty pleasure or is that a bad habit? And like, what's the line? I think, I think, I think that a guilty pleasure can become a bad habit. Yeah. Because guilty pleasure, at least for me, is something that you're not doing that often. If, you know, we're talking being habitual, that's, yeah. that's like, that is the restraint consistent. of you not doing it is what makes it a guilty pleasure. Yes. Yeah. But once it becomes like something that you do and also something that's like seriously harming other people, it's a bad habit or yourself or yourself. It's, it becomes like, that's a bad habit. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we're going to take a quick break. Do some ads. Enjoy listening to us. Read words. Shout out to capitalism. <laughs> Hey guys, I just wanted to talk to you about Anchor. It's the easiest way to podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and your computer. Uh, It'll distribute your podcast everywhere. You can be heard on Spotify, Apple, many more. You can also make money with no minimum listenership. Yes, that's right. Right off the bat... Podcast one, you can start off with your monetization. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. We're going to shift to talking about technology and just kind of not necessarily ones that exist ones. Some of the technology that exists today but kind of, you know, pipe dreams for us. For sure. So, Colin, what are some of those pipe dreams that you have? Uh, personally, I think that data compression uh, could do a lot for people. Um, you know, and in this, I don't just think this because I watch Silicon Valley. Great show, by the way. You would like it. I you, watched it. You would like Silicon Valley. Very funny. Lots of insults. You'd love it. <laughs> Lots of put-downs. Then I'll definitely like it. Yeah. Um, no, but you know, I think data compression is important because then the reliance on fast internet isn't as high. Explain. So if I have, if I have a file that's one megabyte, it's going to take me pretty, it's going to be pretty quick to upload, right? Now imagine if that was compressed and it was then like... I don't know, like 100 kilobytes to upload. Then it's going to be a lot faster. Oh, yeah, that shit will zip. So then that makes the internet more accessible around the world if you think about it. Oh, but imagine what that will do, like, not in a good way. Yeah. But, like, if you want to, like, if you're on transit, you want to download that show. Yeah. You know, exactly. you don't got to wait. You just got, it's, it's exactly. right there, you know? Exactly. Where you could... Plane rides. Oh wow! Yeah, be so much better. Exactly, because then everything is then faster. And I'm not. I'm not. In, you know, this isn't. This is. I haven't thoroughly researched this topic because you know it's. It's. This is. This is. These are things that we would want to see, not necessarily things that are gonna happen or things that we can innovate ourselves. Exactly. So I can't. I can't tell you. You know the the highest rate of compression right now. But I can tell you, like, oh, if this 
were to happen then, you know, those nice if then statements. So I just think that that would allow us to connect with a larger part of the world that does not have access to internet because then internet becomes easier to use because it's less, um, less like literal file space. Yeah. It's easier to, it's more accessible, less bytes, baby. Yeah. Especially like if places that can only afford to have like not very fast internet, like that dog shit. Yeah, like bullshit dial-up type shit. Ooh, don't don't remind me. Oh yeah, we've been there. I used to live those days. We used to live those days. We live a block away from each other. Yeah, God, I remember getting a phone call and being so mad because then that would cut off the internet connection to whatever game I was playing. Oh, for real? Yeah. Day the days of a browser internet gaming. <laughs> oh, or or just like in the middle of a raiding World of Warcraft and that shit just cuts out. Yeah. Can you imagine if like the technology? we have now existed 10 years ago. Oh yeah, I would have so much more fun playing mini clip. <laughs> you would you would not have uh, frame rate drops? No. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. So, trauma. <laughs> uh, we didn't go too much in depth in mine, but I don't know, there's there's not much to say about it other than like internet go faster. Useful. Yeah. <laughs> useful for also third world countries, very what? useful. Oh. The, yeah, that would I think that would establish a network, and that would kind of like I think it would bring up the world as a whole. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it's just access to information, and, and then more people it. have a platform. For sure. Well, I didn't understand how the compression relates to the speed of the internet. That's what I don't okay. get. So you know how if you have like an hour long song, mm-hmm. it's gonna be like it's gonna be like a gigabyte. Mm-hmm. So. Imagine you're able to take that file, keep all its contents, yet make the file smaller. So for oh, yeah. For like uploading and downloading. Things. Yeah. So then internet, like the, the floor of internet rises. Yeah. Because everything is so much easier to then transmit. Huh? Also, we're talking about the future. Sorry. Yeah, we are talking about the talking future. Talking about That's in the future. True. So like- what is your pipe dream, Mr. Gibson? Um, not necessarily a pipe dream, but... I was kind of realizing, like, you know, we we're talking about K-dramas, and I was like, well, I realized, like, in Korea, there's CCTV, like, everywhere. Well, there's CCTV, like, all over Europe, too. Yeah, but, like, there it's, like, crimes are almost likely to get caught on camera. But I was thinking, if that technology I mean, is, dash cams, too. Yeah. Yeah. And police cams. Oh. <laughs> Please. That get released. Yeah, but, um... I was there's an anime called Psychopaths in which people have this number that relates to their potential to do crime. Mm. And, so it's like a minority report. Yeah. Yeah. But I was wondering, like, in the future, let's say that we have some te- technology that can record our potential to do certain things. I wonder how that would, like, impact society. I think that innocent people would definitely get targeted because if you are if you're acting on somebody who's going to commit a crime they're innocent before they commit that crime yep so you you get on a real slippery slope here when you start pulling people out of houses being like you're gonna kill somebody in five years that's minority report shit yeah that's that's exactly what i said literally but it's the thing is like once you have the technology and you're like Oh, we know this person's gonna kill someone 
or has the potential to kill someone in 30 seconds or like maybe it's a, it's a plot like of do, Captain you, do America. you act on it or uh, do you just let it happen and you're like well the moral question this is also a more pressing moral question than we think because they're um, uh, this is already kind of starting to happen in America where with like data yeah yeah with data basing they're basing um, uh, like parole and um, uh, and bail on how much like what your likelihood to reoffend is which is re like that's it's that's scary that's very scary and it's just that's something that's not that far off also following up on that a lot of people don't know i'm gonna get, I'm, I'm about to get back back into my research bag about how people don't research enough shit right so stop and frisk is entirely based off the like the potential of crime right, right. it's literally they, and racism well let me get let me get into that because a lot of people like are you know bloomberg's running for president this that and the third and i was talking to my dad about this and my dad actually used to work in the mayor's office with Bloomberg. I don't know if that's like an exposure or something like that. But that's I'll, not an exposure. Yeah, you, 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 you probably fact. couldn't find him. But yeah, and he was telling me about how they really came up with Stop and Frisk and how it was implemented. And this is also not in support of Bloomberg per se. I, I haven't done enough research on that. You are simply explaining. I'm simply explaining the concept of Stop and Frisk. But before I actually want to talk about that, there is something I kind of wanted to address, which would be... Like, sometimes, you know, we listen to comments, you feel me? We know what people are talking about, and we know the perception of the things we're talking about, and sometimes I've kind of realized that if I don't necessarily say I'm black and I talk about things, people will not necessarily know that I'm coming in a place of good faith, mm. or they're like, oh, you haven't experienced this, that, and the third, so you wouldn't know what you're talking about. Yeah. And I actually find that very problematic and very irritating. Well, it's it's it's... It's not considering where you are coming from. It's not considering where I'm coming from, and I hate the concept that I am that if it first of all that I'm a white person if I'm talking about this stuff in this way, but also the expectation that I have to be pro-black by being black in every scenario and by not by people's standards of what pro-black means. Mm. You know, like being pro-black doesn't mean just getting mad at cops all the time. Mm. Being pro-black to me means that I did the fucking research. You know, I learned about this shit and I'm not just talking out my ass. Like I'm kind of I'm kind of fucking sick and tired of people thinking that being woke is just literally having an emotional reaction to something that would seem like it's politically correct. Like if like so just saying like if you're going to if you're going to like come at the podcast or something like that because you're like, oh, you know, you guys aren't taking into account the anecdotes are real. Shut the fuck up. All right. And if you do come out the podcast, please make it as public as possible. We oh. want more listeners. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> we we'll, form like Voltron. I, I will. I will take your comment and I will rip you to shreds live. Don't debate this, man. Like it'll happen because smooth brain. Because I've I've been through this. I go to art school. I know what people are like. You know, I'm trying to talk about the issue from an objective standpoint, so we can actually get somewhere. Mm. I'm not. I'm not here for a pity party. You feel yeah. me? So back to the topic of stop and frisk. So. Stop and frisk. Related you know, to your technology. Related to technology, in a way. But um, stop and frisk. You know that stop and frisk was put in place because in low-income neighborhood, there was a lot of violence in New York. We've seen it in our neighborhood. We know what it was like. Mm -hmm. but, it, like but when people think of stop and frisk, people are like, oh, 
like we know who it's targeting. Yeah. So when you think like, oh, black people are being targeted by stop and frisk, where did you think it was going to be? Do you think they were going to the Upper East Side looking for guns? Like, honestly, like, let's logically park Ave, baby. Yeah. Like, oh, Lexington, (laughs) you know, mad guns on third Ave, like chill. Right. But not only that, but so the plan was put in place because there was a gun problem. Right. Because that's a problem. So they go, okay. so what do we do? If we're trying to get guns out of people's hands, we put cops in places where it's likely that people will have guns and then you would stop and frisk those people in the area. Because if they, if they know that cops are there, they'll be less likely to carry guns outside. Mm. That's, that's a concept. And guess what? It worked. Crime went down in New York. However, the implementation of the plan was faulty. Mm-hmm. The police force. I mean, it's like when people go, oh, it's just, it's just Bloomberg. It's like, well, no, Bloomberg's one man. This is an organization. Yeah, this is not just one person. It's not that simple. If you, for, I'll say this. If you think the simple answer to a problem, if you have like, oh, it's like stop and frisk is racist, that's a tagline. If your opinion is something that simple, that's not the answer because none of these issues are simple. Hmm. Ooh, wow. That was... That was really great. I, I, ooh, I like that. Do I even want to... Oh, yeah, finish it. Yeah, but so stop and frisk was, stop and frisk was in those areas because that's where... The problem was, and we know that it helped, but we know that a lot of people suffered for it. Mm. And that's not to say, so when we think of the situation and you go, stop and frisk is racist, we knew it was actually to help people in minority communities. Because if you think of it, right, would you rather be frisked or fucking shot? Now, the police can shoot you as well. Which is a problem, and I'm not going to dismiss people's, like, like you know, I live, in, I've, I live here. I've been stopped by the police. I've had some very scary experiences with the police, and we do know that especially black people's relationship with the police is not the best, and any involvement that involve the police and minorities is going to be an, a tense situation. Like, I've been squatted up on for jumping a turnstile when I'm 13 mm. in a situation where they're, they were basically just profiting off low-income kids not having metro cards past a certain time. Like, mm-hmm. I know this shit can be sus. But when we think of scenarios like this, we definitely need to look at them from a more object- objective standpoint. And so when I heard, like, you know, oh, someone's like, oh, Michael Bloomberg might be a good presidential candidate, candidate, and they're like, oh, no, he's racist. And I'm like, you dumb motherfucker, all right? So I'm going to come in hard on this, right? Because this program, first of all, it worked. So, which means there's less crime in New York, which people for some reason forget. But there was the aspect of the police force being fucked, which people don't even talk about, right? So, the actual issues with the police force that's not talked about, and all of a sudden, Bloomberg's run for president, and the problem is that he's racist. Why would this program, as I've explained it to you now, stop him from being a good president? Think about that. It has nothing to do with it. I, I stand by the fact that I think he would be a good president. I mean, like, it has nothing to do with it. And he has other Rich. problems. He has other problems, being that especially his... He's a, he's a rich nigga. You know, he's, he, he's a billionaire. He's in that... He's part of that quote. I mean, he's, he's in the, like, 0.01%. But he's also in support of people also in the 0.1%. Also owns... Excuse me. 
a media empire. Yep. He also sold out um, uh, downtown Brooklyn for redevelopment and rezoned everything for his uh, cronies for him to, to, and profited off of that while he was in office. Okay, but real quick. That's a big negative, bro. No, I know. Real quick, though. Real quick, though. Downtown Brooklyn was a shithole. Nobody was down there. And now it's bringing in money, money, money. It's all, it, it's all about values because, you know, there are a lot of people that did have to relocate. Some neighborhoods now in, in, in Brooklyn That's very true are as now well. not just like you can't live there. Yeah. Of course, of course, when people, when people think of gentrification as something, they're like, oh, you're displacing populations. This is not something that's new. And we all know when you, when, you know, when your rent gets too high, what do you do? You fucking move. Yeah. That's life. Like, you can't, you can't expect people, or especially rich people, like, because if we're being honest, who has the power in these situations is people with money. Yeah. You can't expect, like, do we have the fantasy of expectation that they're going to be like, oh, well, I know it's an inconvenience for you to move, but, so we won't make these, like, millions of dollars. Like, it's not, it's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. But, do you mind? No. But the problem with the, the downtown Brooklyn thing is that, I'm talking about Fulton Mall area specifically. Like it may, if it may remember when we were growing up, it was much different from what it was now. It was a lot more, see, it was a lot more, see, a lot more dangerous. But at the same time, the amount of businesses that were owned by people who live in Brooklyn and who are middle class to upper middle class or people like that, you know, like actually, you know, like are part of regular people, like own businesses there were bought out and forced to leave. Not even, like, bought out. They were just, their rents were hiked up. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's, like, he cleaned it up. Great. It's cleaner now. But he had to, his version of cleaning it all up also meant just being like, here, you want a gap? You want a Century 21? You want, like, this? Like, a big, he sold, like, you know what I mean? He took when, people's livelihoods away from it. When I'm, when I'm referring to downtown Brooklyn, I more meant Dumbo and by the water. Where oh, it was, yeah, where there was literally nothing. Yeah. And, like, you didn't go down there. You did not. Yeah. And now it's fucking beautiful. Yeah, I mean, we know that Bloomberg's purpose, main purpose would be to make money. That's, that's his thing in terms of, like, when his, his general goals. You think, uh, you think that's, that would be his goal as the president of the United States? I wouldn't, know that, I wouldn't say that's his goal as the president of the United States, but that's his mindset. That's a mm. capitalist mindset. Sometimes capitalism doesn't support small businesses in that way. Yeah. That wasn't the most profitable decision. Now, now that we have this context, you can think about what's good or bad. Because, again, we're not supporting or not, or not supporting Bloomberg in this, in, this, in, in this instant. But I think it's important to have an actual knowledge of these candidates before you just write someone off because stop and frisk was racist. Like, really? Really? Is that, is, that how, is that how far we've fallen in terms of like our knowledge of issues? We live through stop and frisk, and people we know have no fucking clue about it. No fucking clue. And it makes me mad because the people that don't know shit are always the fucking loudest. Yeah. Always mm. the fucking loudest. So, and also, again, when people are like, oh, you know, oh, you don't say this because like, you, you're not pro-black or whatever because you say this, right? So, 
when in the world did being pro-black all of a sudden meaning mean you don't research shit and you follow shit blindly that supports that may or may not actually support black people? I think I think that goes so far beyond being pro-black. I I think that's just how society is. I know because like when someone like we read a comment that thought that I was a white person because I was speaking the way that I was speaking and it like makes me it makes me realize people's expectations of white and black people are so fucked right now yeah. that you that they will assume that you have a certain opinion or they'll assume your personality as well as your views and your moral character based off of like shit like this which is which is not simple mm-hmm. you know it just it really it really gets under my skin can i ask you a question no go ahead quick do you think that if someone the person who thought you were a white person talking about this issue, when they find out that you are actually a black person talking the way you do, do, do you think that it would change their perception of what you said and make maybe actually make them take a little bit uh, more seriously what you were saying mm-hmm. and any feelings you have about that? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and the problem, and it makes me, that in itself makes me upset because... If if I if I didn't say I was a white person and I was saying what I was do, what I was saying now, I'm sure a lot of people would be a lot would be fucking ass pained, and it's unfortunate because that means that people don't care about the ideas and they're more obsessed with the identity than the than the actual words that are coming out. Yeah, it's like when you talked about how people are during the um, during the uh, what do you, what was that affirmative action. Podcast, you talked about how it's all team, you know, like it's just for my team, like you know what I mean, like the the, the native, the, the the sorry, not the native, the Indian and South Asian community doesn't care about, you know, like may not necess- may not necessarily care about that they're screwing over other minorities. They don't care about black people. We know that shit, and yeah. and sometimes black people don't neither, care about other groups of people. Neither is just, that's how it just is. About advancing them, yeah, in a certain sense, you know what I mean. Well, it's like it's like you wouldn't expect a feminist to care about men's rights. You know, that's the shit. And it just, but it does make me upset that sometimes I feel like we can't actually discuss issues and that people's focus aren't on the actual issues and data. Mm. And it's more about where it's coming from. So uh, you had mentioned you know, an incident that happened to you when you were 13. Do you want to expand on that? Uh, yeah, I can, I can tell the story. I'm not sure. Some people might have already heard it. Mm-hmm. But um, when I was 13, on my way home from soccer practice, because, you know, when your met- school metro cards stopped working at around, I think it was like 8. It was like 7.30 or something. Yeah, it was something like Some that. Some bullshit. But, Them green joints. Yeah. So yeah. after I got out of soccer practice, me and my friends would take the trains, but we wouldn't always necessarily have metro cards because, you know, we're young. You don't want to pay for that shit. You know, you're, you're kids, and you're used Yeet. to having a school metro card. Yeah. So you're like, why would I have to pay now? It's only, it's like 8 o'clock. And Church Avenue, right, Brooklyn, we go to take the train. Q train. Q train. QB. We hop the turnstile, and as we're down there, I see three cops coming from behind me. And I was like, oh, shit. And then so I turn around, and there's like three more cops coming from the other side. And this is me and, like, two friends. At age 13. Yeah. And, you know, they came and they're like, oh, we saw you jump the turnstile. 
uh, blah, 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 where's your ID, how old are you, you know? And I realized that, first of all, they were hiding. So, oh, yeah. So they're, they're behind cars and shit, and they know that they're near the soccer fields where kids come home to play f- from soccer. So this is on purpose. Like, yeah. we're, I was like, oh, shit. It's a trap. I'm the target demographic here. And they're looking to fill quotas. Yeah. You know? So I got squatted on. They're like, oh, you know, how old are you? And I was like, I think I was 14. And I lied and I said I was 13. They're like, where's your ID? I was like, oh, I don't have it on me. I'm just coming from practice. And because I didn't have the identification or anything like that. 13-year-olds shouldn't be expected to carry IDs, but continue. Yeah, but because I didn't have an identification, they let me go. But if I did have identification or if I was over a certain age, ticket. they would have definitely fucking taken my name down or taken me in. Or, or give you a ticket. Oh, for or give a me a t- Yeah, for jumping turnstile. Yeah, they wouldn't take you in, but they just give you a ticket. My, give friend, you a ticket. my friend got sent to the precinct for jumping turnstile. Really? Yeah. Wow. Did, did Avenue he have, M. Did like, a warrant or something? Nope. That's so weird. Yeah. Did he have ID on him? Yes. And, That's weird. That's but this is how you know it's... You, this is how you knew I would get arrested. The guy that... My friend that got arrested was white. And he still got sent to the precinct. So... That's so weird. It's, it's a... I'm sure it's like a quota Strange thing. times. Yeah. But that's my personal experience in case anyone's like, oh, like, you never even dealt with stuff like this. Like, no, I've been there. I'm just thinking about this shit objectively. But one thing I did want to mention before we kind of get back on topic, because we're pretty far off topic. Yeah, we have, we have fallen down the rabbit hole. But I feel like this is important. We're in, we are in not Wonderland. But um, my, when I think of things like this, when I'm, when I'm learning about stuff like this and I'm crafting opinions, my brain kind of makes a framework, mm-hmm. you know? It's like you have all this information. Well, this is how all brains work, really. You have information and you kind of have a foundation of information and then you build on top of what you know with the facts that you get. And I've realized that today people's frameworks are too rigid. Mm. People literally, if they can't, if everything isn't exactly as the way that they want it to be almost, which is ironic because like you wouldn't really want people to be racist and shit like that. But if that's, if that's not there, all of a sudden their entire framework collapses Mm. and people need to be able to take information and put it into how they think you should be able to change your opinion. You should like, you know what I mean? You should be willing to change your opinion on things. Yeah, and I don't think people are willing enough to accept information. Bringing this back to technology, we do know that, like in Stop and Frisk, that people, groups were targeted, basically, based off predictions. Yep. And that's why I kind of wanted to bring this up, because it's already being used, but does that mean, if we don't, let's say we further, if we don't further this technology, does that mean that we should not be using, like, percentage-based outcomes, you know? Like, should we, make, should we be using predictions at, in our policies? Like, if, we, if, we, um, if we're doing stop and frisk, should we be like, we know where the crime is, it's in these areas, but we, maybe we shouldn't do this because we don't use, you know, those predictions. Like, we don't, should we not do that? May I? So... I believe in using some predictions and, you know, like comp stat has helped 
and I know, I, white guy talking about Comstat. It's also hindered police because it's put in a focus. It's a double-edged sword because now we both know how many robberies occurred in this precinct and that, this, so you can focus, figure out exactly how to get those things down. But it also led to people, to police filing. So when someone got raped and there was a case of a serial rapist in Bedsty, who every time the police showed up, they would write him a misdemeanor ticket for like trespassing or something. And when he got caught, he like showed the detectives everywhere he had raped the girls and they found the tickets in the office because they're trying to push the numbers down. Mm. Now the pro And the other problem with predictions is that we have the innocent until presumed guilty part. Yeah. So the Which thing is, is important. Very important. Hugely important. And it, and no matter what you say, we're hemmed in by the Constitution. Yep. And I think that was also, I think that's also the, the problem with stop, stopping for is it's pretty fucking unconstitutional. Oh, for sure. Just like you, you, there is for, you need for a warrant, you need to have beyond a reasonable doubt that there is something that something there, you know what I mean? Or you need to see a crime in progress. And we, and a lot of the times there wasn't that, you know what I mean? So we, and just to get back to predictions, yes and no, because like, it, it's just about balancing people's rights. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Actually, I, I almost forgot to add one of, if not the biggest problem with stopping frisk being that people were arrested, were being arrested for having possession of guns, but instead had small trace of marijuana and then were getting put in jail for like long ass terms. Mm. So that was Non-violent drug offenders. Non was like a huge, maybe one of the it, biggest, literally, not the biggest Literally the, 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 the worst combination of words. Yeah. It's just, just really shitty. And I did want to hit on that right quick. Yeah. But. Yeah, because we got to wrap know, up. In the future, where this technology is pushed further, and you know we have videos of people, we have videos of people everywhere. You yeah, know? you're being, you'd be watched probably all the time. I mean, we're already increasing the amount of um. Yeah, James took a couple of pictures earlier, so you know. Yeah, the amount of video surveillance that we have. How got much? It. How far should we push this? And because it can be involved in solutions, we know that if you're if you're going into Chicago and you're trying to solve gun violence in Chicago, if you're not using those statistics, there's probably no way you're solving them. But how far should those be implemented? But they have been. They have been. CompStat exists in Chicago. I know. But I mean, in the future, when we have more... Because realize, even though we know, like, oh, this, like statistics in chicago when people actually talk about that shit in politics they're like oh you know people dying in chicago and they act like they're white people that are dying in chicago like fucking no you know there's different parts of chicago it has different it has different dynamics but in the future there's going to be data that's like this block has as will have x amount of problems and then you'll be able to predict in in 10 years, how many problems they'll have then and what we're going to be doing to curtail these problems, you know? So, but how far do we use this technology? Because it's dangerous. You know, it can be, there's, there can be corruption. It can be misused when it's implemented. Bias. Bias. There are a lot of issues. So it's yeah. useful technology, but there's a lot of things that can go wrong with it. Because it's, it's really, it's just a tool. Yeah. It's a tool that's part of a solution. 
possibly part of a solution or possibly part of a problem. You just need to look further, honestly. Mm-hmm. So I realized this technology is really centered around how pointed or broad you want to make policies. And we actually, when talking about this, we real, I kind of realized that people's political perspective is largely important on how we implement technology. You know? So I'm interested to see how people's political opinions in the future will have an impact on technology like this. I think that is kind of the biggest takeaway from this future technology type of conversation. But if you guys actually, this is pretty divisive, and I'm sure you guys have your own opinions on this, listeners. So if you guys want to send us a DM or email us about this, please do. And I know we said this was going to be a lighthearted topic, <laughs> you know, lighthearted day, but, you know, shit happens. This is the Plan C podcast. I got in my bag. You know, I heard about a comment. We took a break and they told me about it. I was like, nah, we're not going to let this slide. We're not going to let this slide. He was, he was going. So that's pretty much our podcast. You know, please follow us. You know, we're on YouTube now. The YouTube is Plan C podcast. You already know what it is. Instagram plan underscore C underscore podcast. If you don't follow us already, please follow us. And if you guys have any comments or anything like that that you want to direct towards me, or if you want to actually, you know, I'm always open for conversation about this topic because any information can change my mind on this topic. And if you want to talk about something, DM the podcast, enlighten me. I'm always open. I always want to learn more. Or get the smoke. Or get the smoke. Either one. But, you know, all things to think about. Thanks for listening, everyone. We really appreciate it. This has been Colin at Colin Hammingson on Instagram. That is H-A-M-I-N-G-S-O-N. And Cameron at Stoic underscore Lotus. Send us some feedback, maybe a meme or two. Like, share, subscribe. You know the vibes. Thank you, guys. Hope everyone has a great week. Love y'all.